0: Welcome everyone to the Jadeva Show on this Monday. This is your host Jacob Valier. Actually, at my house instead of the usual uh, break, lunch break in my car. I'm actually here in my house. It is after hours. Um, I usually do it on my lunch break, but I needed to get something to eat. Uh, my wife is out of town. She is at a wedding in Oklahoma. So I have been home alone for the last few days, and obviously I am such an expert cook that I needed um, to go get Zaxby's for lunch. Uh, that was a joke because I don't know how to cook anything. That's why I needed the lunch. So uh, I'm here at home. If you hear my dog, my dog is being very needy uh, since my wife left. I think he's having some attachment problems because she's gone. And um, so if you hear him whining or oh, he's moving right now, Um, hear any of that, just ignore it, I will try to Um, Let's be honest, not such a good Monday morning here in eastern North Carolina And anywhere in the Washington, D.C. area We'll start with that horrific football game uh, that we had to witness yesterday Um, Everybody's, I mean, I've heard it from like five different people When are you going to put your episode out? More people than usual that have asked me, you know, when I'm putting my episode out So here it is this is my big takeaway. I've got three, actually. First takeaway is Taylor Heineke is not a franchise quarterback. You can really only win one way with Taylor Heineke as your quarterback, um, and that is by you know winning in the fourth quarter and playing good defense. Commanders played good defense in the fourth quarter, as far as I'm concerned, until that last drive. Taylor Heineke is just not the guy you can trust to go put up multiple touchdowns. That's just my opinion. So the second one is Scott Turner once again blew a game for the Washington Commanders. He just, between the 30s, between the 25-yard lines, he's great calling these runs. Brian Robinson, oh my goodness, Brian Robinson can run the crap out of that football. Okay, Brian Robinson's great. he, he, He was averaging like don't I mean, had 12 carries for 86 yards. I don't know how much per carry that is, but that's pretty good. <laughs> it was. He should have had a 100-yard rushing game and should have had a touchdown. We'll get to that in a second. Um, but then when they get to the 25-yard line of the other team, they go inside handoff to Curtis Samuel, and that goes nowhere. Then they try and throw it into the end zone, but Heineke usually overthrows somebody. Third down, they get sacked. It's like the same thing... Every time they go these empty sets, like all the time, on third down, which is just begging Heineke to get sacked at this point, because four, five offensive linemen aren't protecting Kayvon Thibodeau or anybody on that Giants defensive line. Okay, putting, getting an extra blocker in there was so key because Heineke also holds onto the ball for a decade every time he has the ball. So that was big, you know, the play calling down close to the red zone, not in the red zone, but close to the red zone was absolutely atrocious. So the, so Heineke, not a franchise quarterback. Play calling was bad. The big takeaway, this is the third takeaway and it's the biggest one. This might have been, I don't know in my life if I have ever seen a worse officiated football game and such a one-sided officiated game because there sh- there was like four missed pass interference calls on the Giants' secondary last night. In the first half, there was like back-to-back, and now they would have been close, right? There was a deep throw to De'Ami Brown and then a sideline route to, I think it was Curtis Samuel, and Heineke made okay throws on the, I mean, they weren't great, obviously, they weren't completed passes, but, I mean, seriously, it was, De'Ami Brown was, was a double coverage, and then before the ball got there, the, the corner, of the safety, whoever pushed Diami Brown to the ground, no call. Everybody in the crowd is chanting for one, Heineke's got his arms up, whatever. Then the very next play, goes like on a deep sideline route. Would have been like a 20, 25-yard throw. And there's some pushing, some tugging. Chris Collinsworth is even saying there should have been something called. At the very least, defensive holding, nothing. I mean, look, you can argue that those might not have been like the best calls. Like they, they should have been called or should not. But I don't care. Half the league is getting that call. Patrick Mahomes, Tom Brady, they're getting that call. Aaron Rodgers. Uh, Herbert, Joe Burrow, those guys are getting that call Taylor Heineke's not getting that call For the record, Daniel Jones isn't getting that call either But That was the first half And I thought, going into halftime, I was like, goodness gracious This is a horribly officiated football game And then there were three missed calls In the second half At the most key moments For the Washington Commanders That nobody cared about Okay There was the first one, commander score a touchdown. It's a 19-yard pass from Heineke to Jahan Dotson. Beautiful throw. Jahan Dotson had an unbelievable game last night. Dude's a legit receiver. If they could actually give him the football, the last couple games against the Giants, he's actually been getting more targets. But, I mean, he went catchless a few weeks ago in that win over the Falcons. I mean, let's be real. This this guy's second fiddle to McLaurin, okay? He's the number two receiver. Curtis Samuels, number three. And Logan Thomas, I mean, that guy's on his last legs anyway, Okay. Anyway, the Jahan Dotson touchdown. They go for two. First of all, I hated the call to go for two right there. They go for two instead of kicking the extra point to go make it a three point game, and they actually convert a beautiful pass and a beautiful play design Heineke to Curtis Samuel for two. But wait, offensive pass interference on Jahan Dotson, and no two pointer. Look, the referee the Terry McAuley, I think is his name. He's the guy on NBC. He, you know, he he's the ref I call him the referee apologist, you know. The I think John Perry's on ESPN, Mike Pereira's on Fox, CBS, I think it's Gene Sterator. They're all basically there to just gas up the referees on the field because God forbid the referees are wrong about anything. Okay? God forbid. I mean, how many people come up there and apologize for these referees? You never hear referees become Apologetic or 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 admit that they're wrong, take accountability. Even the guys like Terry McCauley that are up in the broadcast booth for NBC doesn't do that. Okay. So Terry McCauley's saying, oh, that's a good call. That's clearly a pass interference. And Chris Collinsworth, who played wide receiver in the NFL for like 10 years, is like, that's not pass interference. What do you want the receiver to do? He was blocking on the play. Oh my God! So, so that wipes out the two. They go for an, a long, like a fifty-yard extra point. No good. So it's fourteen to nine instead of fourteen to eleven. Okay, and then the coup de gr- I mean the the worst calls I've ever seen in my life. Very end of the game. Okay, Commanders have driven down the field, and they it's twenty to twelve. Of course, that's the final score. But it was twenty to twelve, and they go right down the field, and Heineke. Not Heineke. Brian Robinson gets into the end zone for a two-yard touchdown. Okay. Okay. And now it's 20 to 18. Here we go. But wait. Illegal formation on Terry McLaurin. If you go back and look at that, Terry McLaurin, yes, he's off the line. But he's communicating with the referee saying, hey, am I on the line? Hey, am I on the line? Look, you ask anybody that played wide receiver in high school, college, or even the pros, they'll say, yeah, that happens all the time. You ask the referee, "Hey, you know, is, am I on the line?" and the referee will either give you a thumbs up saying, "Hey, you're on the line," or they'll they'll motion you to come up and like, "Hey, you know, you don't want a penalty, you should probably come up, right?" He asked, the, "Hey, ref, am I am I on the line?" Ref apparently, according to Terry McLaurin, according to the video, "Yeah, you're on the line. You're on the line. You're good." Play happens, snap, play happens, they run it in for a touchdown. Referee cannot wait to throw his flag and call him for illegal formation. Oh, my God. And then two plays later, the biggest call of the night. Heineke somehow miraculously keeps the play alive, puts it into the end zone for Curtis Samuel. Incomplete. Nope. Should be pass interference. I don't know the guy's name, whatever corner was on Curtis Samuel in the end zone. Literally was bear-hugging him as the ball was in the air. No call. Referees swallow their whistle, they keep the flags in the pocket, game over, let everyone drive home safely. Clearly the referees did not want to extend this game and play another overtime. Clearly these referees either have money on New York or have been given direction from the NFL that, hey, a New York team's got to make the playoffs this year, it's been forever. Okay? No call, no flag, game over. I mean, good, I... Have you ever seen what it looks like when you have somebody strapped to you when you're f- jumping out of a plane, you're skydiving? You got, you know, it's usually a guy, a uh, first time you know, skydiver, he's got a guy on his back, you know, make sure everything goes well with a parachute. That's what it looked like yesterday. Like the guy was bracing, holding on to Curtis Samuel for dear life. Everybody and their brother could see that that was pass interference. Except for the four or five dudes wearing zebra colors on the field. Give me a freaking break. And that's going to cost the Commanders the season. Because they sh- they- no, way- no way they're going to San Francisco and beating the 49ers next week. Not a shot in the world. I-, I mean, come on. No way. So they're going to be 7-7-1. and Then they get Cleveland at home. And Dallas, they-, they have the last two games at home against the Browns and the Cowboys. I've got no, no, no belief that they're going to win either of those games. I mean, let's be real. Come on. Let's just be real about something. I mean, this this season is circling the drain after that loss. I mean, you had three weeks in a row where the only team you were thinking about was the New York Giants, and all you came out there after a bye week, after three straight weeks of preparing for this team. The Giants just got beat to death by the Eagles at home last week and you only score 12 points? 12 points. And two Taylor Heineke fumbles directly led to 10 points for the Giants, or else, otherwise, it was 12-10 to 10 Washington. Give me a break. Now, okay, I will give myself some credit. First of all, it's just a stupid football game, right? Second of all, I was shocked at how surprisingly easy it was we sh- that I went to bed last night. It's... it's I I couldn't, I thought when they lost that game, I I literally, it was like 11.30, I got work at 8 o'clock in the morning tomorrow, but it's like a 45 minute drive, so I got to get up at 6.30, and I thought, I'm not sleeping tonight, how am I going to sleep after that, and I went to bed, and my head hit the pillow, and I was out, so that was great, and uh, I didn't get heckled too much at work, Um, got a couple of Giants, I mean, uh, Cowboys and Eagles fans that work at my uh, job and. None of them gave me too much crap, so all in all, was not that bad of a day. So, um, the loss sucks. Look, who knows? Obviously, Taylor Heineke's not a franchise quarterback. Let's be real; he's not. He's not. He's fine, but I mean, for real, it's just one thing after another with this guy. He's not. Ne- they have to win one way. They gotta play awesome defense and hope that you don't commit a turnover. But you got Taylor Heineke, who's a turnover machine. He's fumbled the ball like a fifty times this season. And he's thrown like a thousand fourth quarter interceptions. Listen, it it is what it is. I you know, they lost the game. Uh it sucks, but they win and the rest of their games make it into the playoffs. Great, that's awesome. If they lose and they uh, go home and don't make the playoffs. Then it's pretty obvious you need an upgrade. It's this back-to-back years now. Taylor Heineke, this thing hadn't really worked out. Okay, you've had nice mid-season success. They did it last year. They had a four-game winning streak last year that included beating the Bucks. Um, and this year you had a nice little winning streak. You beat Philly, unbeaten the Eagles, in Philly. You know, and then you lose a big divisional primetime game, just like last year. So look, I mean, it's it is what it is. It, it, it's horrible, but whatever, okay? It, you know, it's clear. The Heineke thing ain't working. You got to go back to square one with the quarterback thing. Maybe you try out Jimmy Garoppolo. Who knows? Tom Brady might be a free agent. Not that I'm dying to have Tom Brady after the season he's having, but goodness gracious, what a disgrace. What a brutal, and, and we've had so many brutal losses to the Giants in our, in our at least in the time I've, w- I've been watching for, what, 15 years now, there have been some absolutely killer losses to the Giants, even when we're clearly better than them. And I think we are better than they are. And they just, for some reason, they know how to beat us. And I just it just is amazing how they make Daniel Jones look like Tom Brady every time they play him. What a disgrace. Okay, here's what was not a disgrace. What was not a disgrace was my picks this week. Had a big bounce back. Um, I went nine and five with my picks this week, a nice bounce. I went, now commanders w- covering and winning last night would have, uh, been huge. Um, as my dog pulls out his, uh, toy. So you might hear that in the background. Um, so I got that wrong. We'll start with what I got wrong with my picks. I, uh, got the commanders wrong outside of that. I had Buffalo. Yes. I had Buffalo minus seven against the Dolphins they did win um but they could not cover they only won by three that was an interesting game in the snow how about the Bills fans throwing the snowballs at the Miami players going down into the end zone and the PA system or my you know Dolphins the Dolphins head coach Mike McDaniel had to complain to it looked like the sideline reporter was Peter Schrager had to tell him hey these guys are Throwing snowballs, that's not allowed. These are ice balls. Somebody could get hurt. And the public address announcer basically said, hey, don't throw snowballs or else we're going to, if it hits a player, we're going to enforce a 15-yard penalty against the Bills. (laughs) So, okay, there was that. That that was crazy. Uh, Look, I thought Miami actually out-coached Buffalo in this game. I actually think they did. Miami came out. They had a clear identity. They're going to run the football down your throat and open up the play-action passes. Now, Tua has had like three or four straight weeks where he's really been struggling to complete easy throws. Uh, it's a, so fortunate that he's got guys like Jalen Waddle and Tyreek Hill on his team, because other than that, he doesn't complete the layup passes. He's kind of like a better version of Zach Wilson. Let's just be real. So, uh, Buffalo had a great game. There were four touchdowns from Josh Allen. They went out, they found a way to win a tough game. They were down eight late. That was the complaint everybody early in the season for Buffalo. They can only win they can only beat you by blowing you out they can't win close games well they've won a few close games this season and i think they've played really well they've they've won like four or five straight the bills have they're 11 and 3 they're they're barely hanging on there to that number 1 seed um it got kind of unlucky too that they uh, lost to the chiefs la- or that uh, the chiefs did not lose to houston like it looked like they were going to last uh, uh, yesterday so uh, big win for buffalo i could not get the number right i in hindsight, probably should have taken the Dolphins plus seven. It's obvious to say, oh, you should have taken Miami plus seven. They were only going to lose by three. But in hindsight, I probably should have seen it coming. Uh, I had the Eagles minus nine at Chicago. The Bears lost but covered. That's so of my five. So in the one o'clock window, I was perfect. The three I got wrong in the one o'clock window, the team that I picked won but did not cover. The Eagles were one of them. They they, they beat the Bears 25-20 to 20 in a surprisingly close ball ballgame. Uh, Jalen Hurts had his worst passing game of the year. No touchdowns, two interceptions. And by all reports from Adam Schefter, he's got a sprained shoulder and may not play this week against the Cowboys. So it might be a start for uh, Gardner Minshew. Fourth-round pick back in 2019, or sixth-round pick back in 2019 by Jacksonville. He could be starting for the Eagles uh, this week. So that would be a humongous loss for Philadelphia in a game... They really probably should need. Um, So I got that one wrong. It's it's nothing to talk about with Chicago. I think they have their franchise quarterback, but they've got an absolutely atrocious offensive line, absolutely atrocious defense, and they have nobody for Justin Fields to throw the football to, and somehow he still finds ways to put nice plays on film. I have no idea how. So, uh, okay, There's that with the Bears. They're 3-11. They've lost like seven or eight straight or something crazy. They're just not a very good team. I had the Chiefs minus 14 at Houston. I don't know what's happening with the Texans. They have been 14-plus point underdogs in two straight weeks and have covered and nearly all-out won both times. I've no idea how that's possible with the Houston. The Texans are 1-12-1. And they're one of the worst teams I've personally seen in a long time. They get blown out most weeks more often than not. But the last two weeks against the Cowboys and the Chiefs, I mean, it, they really should have beat the Cowboys. And it took overtime for the Chiefs to beat them this week. So, And by the way, the Chiefs had a chance, or the Texans had a chance to put together a field goal drive in overtime to win, but Davis Mills fumbled the ball in his own You know, deep in his own territory, and the Chiefs converted that into a touchdown for Jarek McKinnon, who, by the way, I spot-started this week because Damian Pierce is injured, and boy, oh boy, was that good. Jarek McKinnon had two touchdowns over 100 total yards of offense, and he might ride me into the uh, uh, conference championship of fantasy playoffs. Anyway, so I got the Chiefs wrong. They're still great. Patrick Mahomes completed, I think, 20 passes in a row in this game. Uh, he's absolutely sincere. As far as I'm concerned, Patrick Mahomes should be the MVP of the NFL this year. Um, so, yeah, there you go. That's my brief thoughts on Chiefs Texans. Uh, Titans Chargers. I got that one wrong. I had Tennessee plus two and a half. They lose by three. Uh, barely not covering. But, um, listen, the Titans, man, they've lost three straight. Um, they really have no offense outside of Derrick Henry. Ryan Tannehill's having one of the worst seasons of his career. They have no receivers. I, I can't even name a receiver they had. Every time they threw a pass and it came on my screen like who who got the pass for Tennessee, it was always a receiver that I legitimately had never heard of. They have no offense. They lost their rookie Traylon Burks. They don't even throw really they really don't even throw the ball to Robert Woods, who's you know been a really solid receiver in his long I think he's been in the league for like 10 or 11 years now, something crazy. Um, and they just don't throw in the ball. The chargers, by the way. Are also not a great team. I think they're a poorly coached team, but it, you sort of see at the end of games, sort of like Buffalo. They, you know, when Buffalo's really not playing well, they ask Josh Allen to put on his Superman cape and lead him to victory. That's what the Chargers do. The Chargers do that with Justin Herbert. They tell him, "Put on your cape, dude, and and go out there and win it." And Justin Herbert goes out there and he does. I mean, he is just such a gifted, talented thrower of the football. It's really astounding to watch. Um, and so that's that, Titans-Chargers. Those are some of the boring games on the slate. Buffalo and Miami was fun, but Philly-Chicago wasn't fun. Kansas City-Houston wasn't fun. Tennessee-Chargers wasn't great. Uh, here's what I got right, and some of these games were just... If you bet real money on some of these games yesterday, you either got super lucky or super unlucky because some of these games were insane. Um, first, I, by the grace of God... Got the Colts plus three and a half right at Minnesota. So the Colts, in case you haven't heard, led at halftime 33-0. Never before has a team given up a lead of at least 33 points in NFL history. That was like one team had ever given up a 32-point lead. That was the Houston Oilers back in 1992 or 1993 against Buffalo in the playoff game. That was the Frank Reich comeback game. And by the way, Frank Reich used to coach for the Colts, and they fired him. In the midst of a season where they theoretically could have rallied to make the playoffs, and now they take away his record of greatest comeback of all time because now Kirk Cousins owns that. Um, and the twenty-four nothing you like that game where the Redskins came back and beat the Buccaneers back in twenty fifteen with Kirk Cousins is no longer the best comeback of Kirk Cousins' career. It's only the second, still a very awesome second greatest comeback to have. Look, the Colts—they're run. They're coached by a guy that's never coached before, heading into the heading into week nine or week ten or whenever he was hired. Never coached in the NFL before. They have zero wide receivers. Uh, without Jonathan Taylor, they don't have a running back on their roster. They have a stone-cold statue of Matt Ryan at quarterback. 37 years old, almost no arm strength anymore, and absolutely zero mobility. And the defense was atrocious in the second half. By the way, they got so lucky in the first half to get all those turnovers. The, the Vikings played about as poor a first half I can remember a football team playing. And the fortune's just completely reversed. And Matt Ryan is now the victim of the greatest Super Bowl comeback of all time and the greatest uh, regular season or postseason comeback of all time. Uh, Listen, it's over for Matt Ryan. That That was one of my big takeaways. Kirk Cousins, Justin Jefferson, Dalvin Cook. I mean, that's just a trio that is, I never would have expected it, but they are absolutely ferocious. They're unstoppable. The Vikings are real. Um, that being said, I would love to play him in the playoffs if I could. <clears throat> anyway, um, but the big takeaway is Matt Ryan's done. He's 37. Next year he'll be 38. He's not getting younger. He's not getting more athletic. His arm's not getting stronger. In fact, all of those things are getting worse. Um, listen, I, it's sad to watch. I mean, you see a guy that has blown a ton of very easy leads to hold on to in his career. You almost think that Matt Ryan is not the quarterback you want to try and protect a multi-score lead because he's a statue. He, 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 they all they call are these little screen passes. They, you know, they call these little third and five. They call a little screen pass or a, a quick out route. Like they just don't try and push the ball downfield. And Matt Ryan's not a quarterback that throws the ball down the field at thirty-seven, going on thirty-eight years old. So, uh, I mean, they. So the Vikings came back. They outscored the Colts after going down 33-0 to halftime. The Vikings outscored the Colts 39-3 the rest of the game. They win in overtime 39-36. Crazy ball game that I got to witness. And uh, so technically the Colts cover. They were covering the entire game and lost. So that was hard for, to watch for the if you're a Colts fan. But, uh, yeah, you know, if you're a Colts fan, you think, well, maybe we have a better shot at a top-five pick now. You know, if we won the game, we basically kiss a top-five draft pick goodbye. Now you don't have to worry about that. So maybe it's a good thing if you're a Colts fan. Maybe everybody was happy with that result, Let's just except if you're a player for the Colts or if you're uh, Jeff Saturday. Um, I got Ravens and Browns. I had the Browns minus three at home against Tyler Huntley. Um that one was pretty easy. Also completely snoozer of a game. 13 to 3 was the final. Um, and so that yeah, nothing much to say about that game. It was pretty boring. The Ravens couldn't move the ball at all. They got a backup quarterback that's really not even good to begin with. Why is everybody so high on Tyler Huntley? Seriously, I mean he's two and four as a starter. Three uh yeah, three touchdowns, six picks in his career. Like what about him has sort of made everybody like, "Oh my gosh, he's one of the best backups in the league." Huh? Not sure about that. I had the Falcons plus three and a half at New Orleans. I'm lucky on that one, too. They scored a late touchdown and two-point conversion to lose 21-18. to Uh, And Desmond Ritter's first career start. He's 1-0 against the spread. Good job, buddy. Looked awful out there. Um, Andy Dalton just has these – this is Andy Dalton's entire career. Andy Dalton will have the most random, like – nice passing games like an NFL history like just so randomly he'll go out and look good for no reason and it doesn't even matter because the Saints are like out of it but yesterday was one 11 out of 17 151 yards two touchdowns and, you know nothing special but like two long touchdown passes like look pretty accurate managed the game to perfection Desmond Ritter was 13 of 26 for 97 yards Al Tyler Algier had 139 rushing yards and I'm, oh wow, I'm already talking about this game more than I planned to, but the point is, Andy Dalton is just the most random quarterback in league history. <laughs> He's just so randomly, you'll see like, oh, Andy Dalton had a big day today, and it doesn't matter, because the Saints are like 5-8 and eight or something crazy, and no one even cares about them. Um... I had the Lions minus one and a half at New York. Uh, Easy bet to take a red-hot team playing against Zach Wilson. Although the Jets had their moments in this game, they had their chances. The Lions won on a fourth and inches, 51-yard touchdown to Brock Wright. From Jared Goff to Brock Wright, like a blocking tight end, you had a 51-yard touchdown, a fourth down for the win. The Lions are 6-1 and in their last seven. I think they're going to make the playoffs. Look at Detroit's – I mean, think about this. It's all about schedules at this point, right? Like, who's got a favorable schedule? Detroit, the rest of this season, has Carolina, Chicago, and Green Bay. Sam Darnold, Justin Fields, and the Bears' barren offense, and the Packers, who stink. Uh, Come on. You think so? Maybe? Who knows? I don't know. Maybe. That would be something. Uh, Seattle, by the way, so they're competing with Washington, who's got the 49ers, Browns, and Cowboys left. The Seahawks are also in contention. Um, and they, the Cowbo- uh, the Seahawks, rather, have lost four of their last five. They have to go at Kansas City against the Jets and against Baker Mayfield and the Rams. Kind of a tough stretch for them. Um, okay, so I got that one right. Lions, they look good. The Jets, their clock management at the end of that game between Zach Wilson and head coach Robert Sala, it was, it was ugly. <laughs> I mean, holding on to those timeouts like they're going to, carry over into the next game they had like a minute and a half for a game tying drive for a field goal and they had like a bunch of inbounds plays and took it down to like 30 seconds and didn't call a single timeout <laughs> i have no idea what that was all about but um yeah crazy one lions win there's they've won six of seven the lions or the jets rather have lost four out of five they're one and four since the bye week ever since they had that great win against buffalo that they have Lost four or five, and the Bills haven't lost since. I had the Steelers plus three at Pitt Carolina. The Steelers came out in the third quarter with like a 12-minute, 21-play uh, touchdown drive, one of the best drives I've seen all year. It was unbelievable. Um, and, yeah, the Pittsburgh, they, look, Pittsburgh is just, they figure out ways to win. They're just the most unsexy team ever year in and year out. But they've got a great coach, and they find ways to win games. And so, Carolina, how often are you going to win with Sam Darnold? <laughs> One of the worst quarterbacks in the league. And, in, in, you know, every week he's sort of oddly it's favored to win a game. Uh, that That's kind of a interesting line at the beginning of the week. It was Panthers minus three. But Steelers win, they cover. I had the Jaguars plus four and a half against the Cowboys. Uh, Two thoughts, one for each team. Jaguars have a franchise quarterback. They have an awesome head coach. The Jaguars are going to be very good for a long time, and they could very well make the playoffs this year. Who would have thought, by the way? But Jacksonville, they look – I mean, they're a team you don't want a part of the Jacksonville Jaguars right now. is this, I mean, they, they, they have an awesome passing game. Trevor Lawrence is a – I think he's arrived. He's a top-ten quarterback. I'm willing to say it. I was right. I mean – Everybody knew Trevor Lawrence was going to be great, um, but it took a while because he was coached by literal terrorist Urban Meyer last year, and that sort of cost him his rookie season, um, but goodness gracious, he has been electric the last like five, I think his last five, six games, or six, six games, last six games, he's four and two with 14 touchdowns to one interception, completing like 68% of his throws or something crazy. He's arrived. He's great, and the Cowboys have a good defense. Um, Here's my thought on the Cowboys. I heard this. uh, I just want to pass along an analogy I heard from the great Colin Cowherd on FS1. He had this analogy about the Cowboys. They are like an Adam Sandler movie. They're they're good sometimes. They're really bad sometimes. They're never going to win an Oscar or a Graham or yeah, they're never going to win an Oscar, but they're. They're good, you know. They have enough good stuff to make you think they're relevant, but they have a ton of bad stuff to keep you from ever really believing in them. Like you never really go to an Adam Sandler movie expecting it to be awesome. You just sort of like, I hope this doesn't suck, like some of Adam Sandler's movies do. The Cowboys, I mean, they blew a seventeen-point lead in this game to Jacksonville. Their last loss before that, they had blown a fourteen-point lead to crummy Green Bay. Uh, in, all in the second half, and Aaron and Dak Prescott threw two bad interceptions. The first one was uh, literally an awful throw, and the second one was off Noah Brown's hands that ended up the pick six that the Jaguars won the game off of. But uh, the, the, the fact of the matter is, is that ja- Dallas—I mean, Dak Prescott should have thrown a better ball. I mean, it was going to the ground; should have had it higher in the air. And and Jacksonville's just playing hot right now, and Dallas. They read their own press clippings. You had Micah Parsons on podcast this week talking about Jalen Hurts and the Eagles. They don't play the Eagles until next week. They, were talking about, they weren't talking about the Jaguars this week. This was the classic trap game, look-ahead game, and the Cowboys fell into the trap, lost in overtime, gave up 40 points uh, to a team that was three games under five hundred coming into the game. So... Um, Yeah, there you go. The Cowboys are like an Adam Sandler movie. They're not going to win a Super Bowl or anything, but sometimes they're good enough to make you think they will, and a lot of times they're bad enough to make you remember. Oh, they still have this completely average quarterback, Dak Prescott. Oh, they still have bungling head coach or a bumbling head coach, Mike McCarthy. So, that's my thoughts on that. Uh, Broncos minus three. Got that one. They beat Trace McSorley in the Cardinals and Colt McCoy. I mean, the Cardinals and their quarterbacks were awful against Denver who has just such an awesome defense. Um, it's just world-class. I mean, it's such a shame that this offense has let that defense down as much as they have. Brett Rippon looked as good as a Broncos quarterback has looked all year and their quarterback is Russell Wilson. Um, so good for the Broncos get back in the win column. They were zero and four since their bye week or zero and five or something. And, uh, now they're in the win column. So good for them and baby steps for Denver. And, uh, Happy for Nathaniel Hackett. Seems like a good guy, but clearly not a head coach. Uh, okay. <laughs> Bengals minus three and a half at Tampa Bay. Cash that one in. That was a wild game. A uh, lot of crazy games. What a what a week of football. Um, but Bengals were down 17-0 close to the end of the first half. They had nothing going offensively. Tampa Bay was using play action like it was their job, and they were killing, killing the Bengals with the play action. And um, for some reason, they just stopped doing it in the second half. And they were it was just one thing after another, turnover after turnover. They were their first six drives of the second half, Tampa. Turnover on downs because of the fake punt that bounced off of Giovanni Bernard's helmet. Interception, fumble, fumble, interception, three and out. <laughs> and the Bengals were up 34-17 after all that. I mean, the Bengals just got short field after short field, and Joe Burrow threw four touchdowns. Brady threw two interceptions. He also fumbled twice, committed four turnovers by himself all in the second half, three of them in the third quarter alone. Um, listen, Tom Brady and the Bucks are just not very good, and and the Buccaneers aren't good at all, and Tom Brady, you know, since he's Tom Brady, he will get every excuse known to man. But the fact of the matter is I've watched Tom Brady play a ton this season. I've just really not been impressed. Like, like where is the velocity? Where's the accuracy that we've always loved? Like, I get it. He has a bad receiving core. Oh, wait, no, he doesn't. He's got Chris Godwin and uh, Mike Evans, who are pro bowlers. It's not like those guys are super old either. And he's also got Julio Jones. But Julio Jones ain't the guy he used to be. They've got two decent tight ends. They got Leonard Fournette. Like, what's wrong with this team? Why? Why aren't they throwing the ball around more? Is it because the O line? Because Tom Brady usually doesn't matter. He gets the ball out quickly anyway. So it, it's been ugly. And, and by the way, with Bengals, with the Bengals, Cincinnati is. They're one of the best teams in the league. I think they're a top four team in the NFL, and they have an outside chance to be the number one seed. I'm dead serious. If the Chiefs lose another game and the Bengals just keep winning, Bengals will be the number one seed. I think they would deserve it, too. They have been absolutely on fire, and they look great. Um, okay, <laughs> so here's the final game that I got right, and the final game we'll talk about before we uh, sign off. I had the Raiders minus one and a half <laughs> against the Patriots. Uh what what a crazy football game. What a crazy fourth quarter that was. So the ending, the way it ended, was the craziest thing I've seen live on television in my entire life. I've never seen anything like it. So if you didn't see it, Ramondre Stevenson. So, okay, let me set the scene. It's five, five seconds left. The Patriots are at their own 45-yard line. Game is tied at 24. And Mac Jones, is the quarterback, does not have a strong arm by any means. Bill Belichick literally admitted that after the game. Um... Because they were like, why didn't you try Hail Mary? Oh, we don't, we don't have a strong enough arm at quarterback. So, oh my gosh. So he throws, so he hands the ball off. Five seconds left, no timeouts. They're playing for overtime. Draw a play to Ramondre Stevenson to see what he can get, maybe pad the stats and then go to overtime. Stevenson runs for like 20 yards, and you think, uh oh, he's only got defensive backs in front of him. These are not big guys. He could run right through these guys, right, right through them, and get to the end zone, maybe. So Stevenson gets tripped up. He throws the ball behind him on a lateral to Jacoby Myers, and Myers gets a little confused, and he thinks, oh, well, okay, we're lateraling now. So he laterals, so he's running, he runs like 20 yards backwards, and he's like looking to lateral the ball again, and he laterals it, tries to go all the way to the back of the play to Mac Jones, and instead throws the ball right to Chandler Jones, former Patriot. And Chandler Jones plucks it out of midair. Mac Jones is the only line of defense between Chandler Jones and the end zone. Chandler Jones plays for the Raiders, by the way. And Mac Jones tries to tackle him, and he gets absolutely run over by Chandler Jones, who rumbles in for the game-winning touchdown Raiders win i 've never seen anything it 's the craziest you would if you haven 't seen it look it up it 's the craziest end of a game i 've ever seen, and the reason it was that way was because the Patriots had a twenty four to seventeen lead they scored twenty one unanswered points. The Raiders are choking another game away oh my gosh it 's josh mcdaniel 's versus Belichick, and then the Raiders go down the field and score a touchdown and to tie the game with under a minute to play except it you know the touchdown was a thirty yarder from Derek Carr to Keelan Cole. But Cole catches the ball and clearly has a foot out of bounds, and the referees review the play for like an hour, and they hold up the call <laughs> he was His foot was literally out of bounds, and they gave him the, they gave him the touchdown anyway. game is tied at twenty four and that 's what caused that to happen at the end of the game. Look, the Patriots, Uh, uh, uh Mac Jones was 13-31, 112 yards, no touchdowns, no picks. He was horrible yesterday. He's, he's not a good quarterback, but he also has the worst situation in NFL history. He's got a defensive coordinator as his offensive coordinator, Matt Patricia, and a special teams coach that's a former complete, miserably failed head coach, Joe Judge, calling his plays. What do you expect? Belichick looks like he's mailed it in. Okay? I mean, well... What's the point of doing this anymore? If you're Belichick, you're not going to be good anytime soon. The other three teams in your division are all better than you. What's the point? <laughs> you, uh, I don't know what the point is. I would retire if I were Belichick, but I don't know what the point. I mean, you're suffering losses like this. This is the kind of loss that Belichick has to have to look, take a long, hard look in the mirror, and be like, well, "Why am I still doing this? This is ridiculous." <laughs> so. Wow, what a crazy game. And I was so lucky to get the Raiders minus one and a half there. I'm 10 and five uh, on the week. And now on the year, I'm 88, 79, and eight. 11 games over 500. Back to 11 games over 500. If you listen to my advice, good for you. The World Cup is over. Argentina beating France in a uh, penalty kick uh, right before the one o'clock games kicked off yesterday. That was awesome. I actually watched soccer, believe it or not. I actually turned soccer on and watched it. And, uh, yeah, that was pretty cool. That was pretty cool to see Argentina do it like that. But, uh, um, anyway, that's enough World Cup talk for me, and that's enough for this Jadava episode. If you listen all the way to the end, good job. Um, You don't win anything, but uh, maybe one day. Who knows? Maybe if I get rich and can give out prizes, I'll do that. But, um, all right, that is that episode of the Jadava show. We'll be back on Friday for the Week 16 picks, as for... This episode of The Jadavis Show, I'm your host, Jacob Valliere, and we will see you all Friday. Have a good week, everybody.